Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. I wanted to quickly jump on to let you guys know that I'm truly sorry for missing last week's episode. I've been dealing with a personal family emergency and in the process lost my audio files. But have no fear, your girl knows how to go to a Best Buy when the dust settles. I recovered them from last week, which I'm so grateful for because I have an amazing current mood combo for you guys and mood boosters and all that fun stuff from last week. It's pre-recorded. I just feel like being honest about it because I record everything literally right before I post it for you guys. So it's always fresh in the moment. And it just, it wouldn't feel real if I didn't let you know that it's not fresh. And in the moment, it's seven days old. So thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for keeping me and my family in your prayers. And we will be back on schedule after this amazing mood boosting episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. Today's current mood convo, I'm going to be joined with Monica Berg, who is an international speaker, spiritual thought leader, and author of Fear is Not an Option and Rethink Love, and she hosts the Spiritually Hungry podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our current mood convo because she has such incredible personal life experience that will show you guys how to create a life that not only feels like it's working, but most importantly, a life in which you feel like you are living and loving as the powerful, fulfilled person that you've always wanted to be. Her two books look so incredible, and we have such an amazing conversation about love and what it means to reframe your thoughts, what it means to fight fair, kind of being whole on your own, having a mission statement for love, and really talking about how self-care is really self-interest. And I really love how we got to talk about kind of love versus fear because we've been talking about it on the podcast for the past couple weeks anyway. And I didn't realize we were going to have such an incredible conversation about it and just really seeing the good in every situation. It was really an inspiring conversation that just, you know, felt so right for everything we've been talking about. So I'm excited to talk to her and have you guys listen in. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. I have to say, you guys, I have to say my best mood is love, but really choosing to think with love and not fear. And I know I've talked a lot about it lately, but I really found myself having to kind of redo thought patterns and redo kind of reactions, rewire them in my brain. Because I think when you enter into any healthy relationship, whether it's with friends, family, romantic partners, you're really easily triggered by old triggers and resentments and just kind of ways of fighting and ways of reacting. And I was really proud of myself for the few times that you know, I was experiencing love, but still triggered to be able to stop and think and really react out of a place of love and get such a better outcome and really feel so much more fulfilled by kind of using that moment of stopping and thinking and recognizing that I was being triggered and recognizing that I did want a good outcome, that I didn't want to just react based off emotion. I wanted to react based off, okay, let me think as logically and in touch with myself as possible because I do love all these people and I do need to kind of 
react accordingly for my future self, not just for my anxious self in the mo- in the moment. And I felt so much love the past week in so many different ways, not just romantic, but that does count. I know you guys all are probably thinking that. So there you go. You can have that one. That one's for you guys. But it's true. My best mood of the week was love, even through the bad and the good. It's still a best mood because you can see the good in every situation, and especially when you're leading with love. And my worst mood is, I think, just overwhelmed with balance. I haven't had to balance kind of all of these new feelings and people in my life. You know, this is the first time in, you know, my entire adult life that I'm living next to all of the most important people in my life and having to balance them. And then also it's the first time in my life where I do have a bunch of healthy relationships and I have to kind of just figure out how to balance my emotions when dealing with them. So I think I'm just really overwhelmed, or I was this week overwhelmed with a lot of emotion of just, okay, how do I balance this? Like, I haven't really done this before. And it can be scary. It it could be kind of triggering. But like I said, in the best mood, as long as you you know, kind of look inward and handle it as best as you can in that moment, especially for your future self, because you don't want to just react out of anger or frustration or of being overwhelmed and ruin something that's all really, really good. And so I think honestly, seeing the good in the situation of, yes, this is so overwhelming, having all of these incredible people that care about me near me and you don't think that at first right you think oh my god this is so overwhelming I don't know what to do I'm having anxiety I don't know how to balance all of these things but it it's such a you have the opportunity to see that it's such a good thing you have the opportunity to see that it's all good you just happen to be close to all these people that love you and that care about you and you love and care about them too so it's actually not a worse mood yes being overwhelmed and not knowing is definitely a worse mood but knowing that you know, taking it one step at a time and remembering the good in it really helps to kind of ease that worst mood. So it was just kind of like a best worst mood clusterfuck this week and nothing too bad, but definitely a lot of new, a lot of new. And sometimes new is scary and change is scary, but kind of trying to see that it's, it's all good change and that everything is happening for me, not to me, and that I got this. It's all going to be good, and it's always going to work out as long as you want it to work out. I feel pretty good about my best mood and my worst mood this week, and you can see that they're all combined together. They're all, they need each other, you know? You can't have a best mood without a worst mood, and you probably can't have a worst mood without a best mood, because how would you even know the difference, right? So no matter what you're feeling this week, No matter what's been going on, try to see the good in the situation. Try to think of your future self that doesn't have the cloud of that worst mood. What would they want? What would be the best case scenario for them? And try not to think erratically and anxiety-ly-ly-ly. That's the word that I always try to make happen, and I fully don't think it's in the English language. If it is, please, someone send me the Webster's um, Merriam on it, please. I would love that. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe it's too hard for you to see the good in every situation and you need someone to talk to. You need you need someone that really knows what they're talking about to hear you and support you more than a friend, you know, and that's why I love BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, you guys. You don't even have to tell anyone you're looking for a therapist. You don't even have to tell anyone you're going to therapy. You can do this literally all from your cell phone 
in the comfort of your own home and really take care of yourself on your own time. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com mood. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they have to recruit additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and mood listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com mood. For mood boosters this week, I've been doing a lot of like really trying to make my Monday through Friday count, you know, like really trying to regain all the small little habits and rituals that I can just go back to because it's 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 hard when you have a lot of change going on living in this new apartment, you know, having all this new, 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 new stuff. And so I've been trying to kind of focus on the small rituals and small little habits that kind of set me up. I haven't worked out like this week because I stopped around Friday last week because I've had a really bad cold. I don't know if you can tell my voice the past two episodes. So you have to know when to be gentle with yourself, but there still are all those other little habits, right? Like one of the main ones I've been doing as a mood booster has been 12, 3:30 and doing core. I finally uploaded, you know, that kind of little segment of my workout on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash love Lauren Elizabeth, if you want to check it out. But you know, sometimes you get sick and you have to rely on your other habits. So one that I started last week was drinking an entire gallon of water. And, you know, I don't know if this is <laughs> necessarily, I know you're supposed to like drink according to your body weight, but I know that drinking a lot of water is good for you. And so I've kind of mentioned it like a few weeks ago, how like even if you don't have any time to do any like fancy schmancy wellness things that obviously drinking a lot of water and just flushing out your system is great. And I saw a gallon of water at the grocery store with a handle last week and I drank it and I felt like really, really good afterwards, like the next day and like throughout the day. So I got another one yesterday. So it's definitely a mood booster because like you just see how much water is there. It's not like, oh, I just drank a glass of water or a hydro flask. I'm going to go fill it back up. It's definitely like that thing you see on Instagram. I got to get one of those water bottles that like tells you to like keep going at 8 a.m. You got this. But like I think the font on that is like really ugly. And so I haven't bought it. But I definitely do need to stop buying gallons of water at the grocery store and get a reusable water bottle, which even if you do buy one at the grocery store, I mean, life hack, just literally refill it and wash it, I guess. You don't have to buy one on Amazon. But I will. I will because I don't think this is dishwasher safe. So drinking a gallon of water, especially after a long weekend or before a long weekend, has been a big mood booster. I just feel so, like, flushed out. And I feel super hydrated. I feel like my skin is thanking me. I feel like it's good for my energy levels. And then I also have been doing a little bit, again, of celery juice. And it's been a really big mood booster because it's definitely that mental mood booster of I know this is good for me. I know I feel good when I do this. And it's the physical mood booster of it genuinely is good. If you don't know anything about celery juice, you can learn all about it at the Medical Medium Instagram. 
And I really like it, especially for kind of like resetting after a long weekend, especially with my digestive system. So I got off a plane last week and I did a few days of celery juice to kind of like get my stomach back on track from the altitude because that always messes with my stomach a lot. And so a gallon of water and celery juice is kind of like just such a great physical and mental mood booster for me. I have to say, too, when it comes to skin, this Dr. Dennis Gross light mask is such a mood booster. I just love doing my skincare routine and incorporating it and sitting with this like Darth Vader looking light mask on my face. I just love that like little moment of self-care. It's not too long, but you feel like you're really doing something for yourself. I also like obviously having clear skin makes me happy and it's been really keeping my skin clear and I just feel so fancy schmancy doing it and I just love it. Like I lost the charger for it for a second and I really miss it and it was like the opposite of a mood booster when I couldn't use it and I just feel like I have like these like little habits and little routines. So it's kind of like what Whatever it means to you, finding those little mood boosters that are the habitual ones, you know, the ones that you always turn back to, the ones that like you kind of need Monday through Friday because, you know, you don't have to be quote unquote perfect all the time. You don't have to quote unquote do everything all the time. You know, the weekend for me right now is just really focused on filling it with love and memories. And so during Monday through Friday, really getting my work done is great, but I need to make sure I'm filling myself up with those little mood boosters that make me happy, whether it's drinking water, working out, celery juice, the light mask, skincare, having time for myself, making sure that I have like two, two nights of the week that I really just kind of sit at home and I watch TV and I get to bed early and I relax. Like that's something that helps me really recharge. So as much as a like Grey's Anatomy maybe sometimes isn't a mood booster, like me watching Grey's Anatomy for like two hours at night is a mood booster because I can't have anyone talking to me or bothering me for like two hours so that I can recharge like the iPhone that I am. But you guys know that because someone said that I talk about Grey's Anatomy too much. And I'm starting to realize that it's a problem because there's way too many seasons of it. And I'm not going to have a new show to share with you guys for a while. And what I do now is I just leave it on all day long because, like, I guess it's one of those shows you don't have to, like, totally pay too much attention to if you're, like, doing your hair, doing your skincare, cleaning your apartment. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of like a background show and a focus show. Oh, my God. Talking about it just makes me want to sit in bed and watch it. But I have a cold, so don't judge. Okay, you guys, let's jump into today's current mood convo with Monica. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Make sure to let me know what you think, what your mood boosters are, and stay tuned for merch on at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth Instagram. You can see that there's a new little flow going on on the feed with a different color pattern, and it will give you a clue to the merch as well. And I will start releasing some sneak peeks next week. Enjoy the current mood convo. Big Brother is back with an all-new group of house guests moving into the newly designed house and living together under 24-7 surveillance. It's sure to be a high-stakes summer full of big risks and big rewards, where one wrong gamble could cost a house guest everything, including the $500,000 grand prize. With 94 HD cameras and 113 microphones, the competitor's every move is recorded, and with the live feeds, you can see how it all plays out. Listen in on every conversation, argument, and alliance from every angle all at once with the multi-camera setup. Get nonstop access to the house guests exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com slash BB23 to try it free today. What kind of hatched for you first? Was it like the spiritual side of you? Was it the author side of you? Like, how did you kind of get to have these three amazing titles? So I am a person who doesn't believe in suffering. So that means that everything that has happened to me, there was always a theme that it wasn't enough that I experienced it alone. 
and that um, I wanted to help people and show them that there's another way to kind of see. So first I had to, to find a way to derive purpose and meaning from all of my experiences, especially the ones that hurt me, that scared me, um, that I felt wounded by. And that was really the beginning. So I was a seeker, I'd say, pretty much my whole life. I mean, even at age three, four, I remember having tea parties with God. I mean, I have vivid memories. I remember what I was thinking. And I also remember feeling really um, out of place and really uncomfortable. Like nobody here really understands me. And they also don't know why we're here and they can't help me. So, um, and then of course, you know, I went through life. I went to Beverly Hills High School. I got distracted. And then eventually I came back to self again. And I was with those questions once more, but this time now there were actually real life fears attached to those questions. Mm. Um, and I think that, and I did find Kabbalah, I started studying spirituality when I was 17. So I was able to find my calling quite young, although I didn't know it was my calling, but I found the, the wisdom that would give me answers. And then um, when I had my second child, uh, I was 27 and he was born with Down syndrome. So that kind of really turned my whole world around. And I didn't know that was you know, the case until he, was, he came out. Um, and that really changed everything for me. So it was the first time I think that I decided that I wasn't going to be um, helpless because that is a response I think most people have to difficult things in their life. And it's not intentional, of course, nobody wants to be helpless, but for different reasons. And I can go into the reasons I felt that way. But in that moment, I made the decision I'm not going to be helpless anymore. And actually, I'm going to do something about this. And namely, that was going to be change my consciousness around the things that have happened to me and that have scared me. Wow. I mean, I, I love that, um, you know, how you say that, you know, suffering doesn't happen to you. Do you feel like it happens like from what I'm hearing from you too, do you feel like it happens like for you? Like you try to um, like seek almost like the purpose it's serving you, like not just helping other people, but you, cause for, for me, I'm always like, okay, what is this trying to teach me? What can I do with this? And I think that helping people always comes along with that. Um, and do you feel like you kind of saw that from a young age? Do you try to put like a positive spin on it? Or do you just try to kind of just make yourself like utilize it in some way? Is there like a certain like kind of process when something happens like quote unquote to you, you know? Right. So it's the shift of something happening to you and then it happening through you. Mm. So before I could actually help anybody else, I had to be able to do that for myself. So it was to see that any challenge or obstacle or thing that was, uh, felt negative and was perceived as negative, I was going to find the gift or the opportunity in it. So that was the first step. You know, how can I see this differently? And how can I see this as an opportunity for growth? Because ultimately, that's what everything is. If you are able to look at a situation and put aside your emotions about it, right? Because the same thing can happen to both of us, right? And depending on how we view it, it will change our experience of it. So once I understood that, it was really quite powerful. Um, and I felt really a freedom I had never felt before, because that means that I can change my reality at any given moment by changing my consciousness. The impetus for helping other people is that I really, well, it's a few things, but I really believe 
in connection. I've always sought connection with people. And I think that if we're able to identify in ways we're similar, especially in the ways that are most challenging, the ones that people usually have the most shame about that they try to hide about themselves. If I could actually talk about those things about myself and be really vulnerable, which I think is the strongest thing that you can be, it's got a really bad rap. If I could do that, then I thought, um, that will give people permission and the courage perhaps to do it in their own lives, but it will also create connection between me and them. Because again, that really feeds me. That really lights me up to be able to, um, you know, like I always wish that I had the superpower, you know, we always wish we could make someone a fly or tell the future. For me, it was always that I wish I could see somebody and see everything that ever happened to them to see why they are where they are today. Um, so I started to kind of do that anyway, which, um, which I started building my intuition and also giving the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm. What is happening or how they're experiencing me in this moment, or even if they're making something, let's say it was a negative, right? And I feel judged. It's not really about me. I need this exchange for some reason, but what could their experience be about in life that gets them to this point? Um, so that's really been very expansive. What if someone like, you know, knows kind of the first step of, okay, let me just see this differently. Let me try to, you know, not take it as what it's maybe claimed to be as negative and try to learn through it or grow from it. If you've never, you know, done it before, what's kind of like that first step? Like if you maybe don't have the quote unquote tools, right? Like, you know, you want to see it differently, but you're so used to that kind of ingrained like fear and negative thought process. Like how do you kind of start to shift your thoughts and your way of thinking? Obviously the first step is, you know, just be being willing to learn through it instead of having it happen to you. But what, what kind of comes after that? Yeah, so the first thing you, you said is number one, you need to have a desire, first of all, to see it differently. That's the first place that we all start. Um, the second part is, you know, what is the outcome that you wish to have? So when you're going through anything, whether it's attached to a fear, or it could be any situation, you can say, okay, well, my natural response, the response I've had until this stage in my life has been X and X doesn't work for me anymore. Anymore, X makes me really unhappy. I stay stuck. I feel paralyzed. I'm full of fear. Um, I'm not living the life I want. I'm not achieving my goals. So you know what that looks like, right? Then you have to say to yourself, okay, what's the outcome I want? Where do I want to see myself in a year from now? And in order for me to fulfill that, what do I need to choose in this moment? Mm -hmm. So you're making the choice not from an emotion that is usually negative or a belief system that's false or that doesn't work for you. You're making a decision based on who you want to be, not on who you are today. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think the small times that I've begun to do that definitely have, I think, proved, and I haven't been maybe necessarily able to verbalize it, but the few times that I've made that second choice, not just the first one of like, okay, I do want to do this, and actually reacting or maybe choosing a different response or a different, you know, just re reaction to someone it's like really it's been kind of almost like miraculous like the things that have happened after that and so now I'm at this point of like okay how do I guess I have to keep going with this because it's it's working and I'm growing and I'm changing but it you know the fears and it's so natural for the fears and the negative thoughts to come up that it's it's such a it's such a conscious thing that we have to do in our lives every single day to like almost like rewire the way we usually react to things. Did, like as someone that's been like, you know, you know, 
doing it for so long and so renowned at it, like, does it get easier? And is it something that, you know, you don't get as fearful and, or is it something you're still like, is a very conscious choice for you? So you hit the nail on the head again without realizing it, I think, but um, it has to be a constant choice you make. It has to be something that you put effort in every day. And I think people realize that about most things, right? We would approach that probably to um, a career choice. If we really wanted something in life, or if you really wanted a relationship, or you really wanted a baby, right? You would wake up every day, probably putting a lot of attention, energy, and how to make that happen, how to manifest that. Unfortunately, most people aren't raised with the understanding um, or the importance of investing in the growth of our soul, right? And, and investing in the potential of who we can become for the purpose of living a happier life. It's not mm. like, oh, go do this, you'll be a spiritual being. No, go actually put energy and effort in who you wanna be so you will be happy, mm. you will feel fulfilled. You will understand that challenges are part of life, but they're there for your ultimate greatest good. So then you have a life that then's working for you versus not working for you. So I don't think it's really a choice. I think people are not aware of this. And that's why I've become a change junkie. So now I wake up and I'm like, okay, great. You know, what is it that I can do today that was different than yesterday? Or what, you know, what do I want to be tomorrow, right? Every day I approach with whoever I am today is going to be so far from the version of the self that I want to be tomorrow, right? That's how expansive I want my growth and transformation to be. And because of that, that means that each day when something happens that wasn't expected. So I have, of course, feelings about it, but then I'm very flexible and I'm able to say, okay, that didn't happen. So now what can happen instead mm -hmm. of dwelling on what should have been or could have been or why or getting hurt or feeling rejected. Yeah. Kind of I mean, it's, it's so funny too, when you hear someone else say it of like dwelling on what could have happened, it's like, right. When you said it, my first thought was like, yeah, of course, like you'd just be wasting well, so obviously. much time. <laughs> like, of course, like, why would you sit around and do that when you could do the, you know, the more proactive thing? I do love this, like one part too, that, um, that you talk about on being whole and how people can get lost in relationships, um, and kind of like getting detached of like the usual things that fill them up and taking responsibility for your own happiness. And I think that, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and like myself included have been, you know, cause we're like in our younger twenties and we're kind of getting to that next chapter of our lives and, you know, have been in those unhealthy relationships. And I think it's interesting, like after that heartbreak piece, like I get so many messages of like, you know, how did you get over your heartbreak? How did you fill yourself back up? And then there's also this like interesting you know, the next part of like when you do start dating someone else and start kind of, you know, heal yourself enough to even put yourself back into your family relationships and people like friends in your life. And it's it, for me, even it feels overwhelming to almost balance having to make these conscious choices of the things that I want in my life and the love that I want in my life, whether it's with a boyfriend or friends and family. And part of me is like, I almost feel like I'm spreading myself so thin because I'm trying to give so much love, but I want to be whole. And so like, what are your kind of tips for like remaining whole as a person if you're entering a new relationship or even just like a new chapter in your life after kind of beginning to heal yourself from maybe unhealthy relationships? So I think that if a person is having a really hard time to recover, I think that they, I would be an investigator. Mm. You know, often people misunderstand um, self-care. Of course, it, it is inclusive of all the physical ways that we can do that, right? Spa, um, 
massage, hiking, whatever, pedicure, manicure, all those things. And I, I'm all for it. That's great. A facial, <laughs> I mean, love it. But um, self, self-care is really self-interest, right? It's really being curious about who you are, what your desires are, what your needs are, um, what you feel ashamed to ask for, right? So I think that when people are having a hard time recovering from a breakup or they felt like they lost themselves or they don't know how to balance giving and receiving, um, especially when it comes to love, right? So I think that I would make a list of all of those things that I'm aware of now. And instead of saying, okay, yeah, I'm gonna work on it. And yes, I'm aware of it now, it's not enough. You actually have to say, okay, if I got to this place, it means that there was a weakness in the foundation to begin with. Like, do I really know myself? Do I really love myself? Do I really practice all these things even before this relationship? Because the truth is if you're able to fall so far um, down where you, you're feeling like you're struggling a bit, it means that it wasn't really strong or as strong as you thought it was. Mm. So again, here is an opportunity for growth and you have now a mirror, right? Because that's what relationships are showing you the parts of yourself that either you feel insecure about, or that you weren't aware that needed work, or that you thought that you really loved yourself enough, but then you realize that you didn't because all these insecurities came up, really take the time to become a friend to yourself and to really love yourself because nobody will ever do that for you. Not in any relationship, not on any marriage. I've been married for 24 years to the same person and we really grew up together. We've had all of our experiences together. Um, and so even though in this relationship is very healthy, I still and have always been very aware that whatever it is that I was seeking, I had to do that for myself. And he was a healthy model for me in a lot of ways because he happens to be a healthy person. Most people are not emotionally healthy um, or mentally healthy. We have a lot of baggage. He didn't, right? So for me, coming from the place that I did, I had an eating disorder when we met and, um, and his love really healed me. But why? Of course, I had to do the work of healing myself, but I was able to see what unconditional love was and what mm. it felt like. And he was kind and made me laugh. So those were all the things I was like, okay, well, this is the first time I'm really experiencing that. That means that I need to learn to cultivate more joy for myself right? Yeah. I need to learn to be able to be more silly myself. I need to be able to learn to give love unconditionally anymore. Even though I had aspects of that, I was really, you know, in terms of um, if you, if you have like a level, right, he was way up here, I was way down here and he lifted me, but I didn't rely on that. I used it as a model to be able to create it for myself. Quick break to talk to you guys about Sakara. If you guys don't know Sakara, you are literally living under a rock. They've been a mood booster many of week. If you watch me on YouTube, you know that I'm absolutely obsessed with them in general. Whether it's their metabolism boosting powder, their detox bars, I'm just literally obsessed with Saqqara. And I'm so excited that they're a sponsor of the podcast. And I'm so excited because I got to eat Saqqara meals for the past week, which was like literally everything I needed and more, especially being in Chicago. Because living in LA made it like super like pretty easy to get a lot of just like green and like healthy stuff and everything like that but I have not been doing well over here and I needed just like something to feel good from the inside out and feeling your best literally starts with what you eat Sakara helps you not just eat healthy but truly enjoy it they have chef crafted plant rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health it's clean plant rich ready to eat meals to nourish your body with whole organic ingredients to retrain your palate and help you break up with your sweet tooth for good my favorite, since I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth, is the breakfast because I inhaled that yesterday. Sakara is a whole nutrition company that, focus on, that focuses on overall wellness, starting with you and what you eat. So you can boost your energy, you can improve your digestion, you can truly get your skin glowing. 
They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they are backed by cutting-edge nutrition science to boost your health and stoke your glow. And it's literally delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the United States. So if you're someone like me who no longer lives in La La Land, you can still eat like it. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder and their Metabolism Super Bar to control sugar cravings, reduce bloating, boost energy, and reduce fatigue. They've received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times, but most importantly, me, because I've been promoting Sakara before anyone even knew it was cool. I always knew it was cool. I 10 out of 10 recommend the metabolism products, the detox bars, and the detox tea, the digestion tea. Oh, my God. I'm like literally after I ate their after I ate the meals this week, I'm like, okay, I need to go to the Queen Boutique and like restock on everything. And I'm so excited because right now Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash mood or enter code mood at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash mood. To get 20% off your first order, sakara.com slash mood. I literally am going to be using that later. Enjoy the podcast. I love that because it, it's like he showed you what it's like and it's not like, oh, okay, I see it and I'm getting it from him and now I have it. It's like, no, I see it and I'm getting it from him and I know what it looks like and I know I need to get more from myself and keep it in other parts because I think... You know, it's so easy to like get out of an unhealthy relationship, fall back in love and just be like, oh, now I feel so much better. And it's like, no, because then if that I feel like then also all the, the unhealthy habits and ways of communication. I know you you wrote about like fighting fair and having a mission statement in your relationship, which I thought was so interesting. And I want to pick your brain about as well, because it, it I think it's so I mean, for me, coming out of an unhealthy relationship, I like I feel like I'm working ten, as happy as I am. I feel like I'm working 10 times harder to like make sure like, oh, the little things that are popping up, I don't completely act on them the same way I once did. And I don't completely not not balance my friends the way I once did. And I'm like, I'm so happy, but I'm so exhausted because <laughs> I'm, you know, so proactive, but I don't want to settle. I want to be able to learn from all the crap that I went through and make uh, you know round two a good one which I'm hoping through fighting fair and the mission statement is possible <laughs> well I think also um ask yourself you know what was it why were you so willing to make him the priority yeah. over everything else that was already important to you before he came along or maybe some of those friendships that you had weren't as important and maybe you don't need to give them as much weight or value as you have right i don't think there's any rules i don't think it's that oh i got so immersed in this relationship that i ignored my friends and it must have been him that might be true right but there's three things to look at here what really matters to you who are you right what do those friendships really look like and why were you willing to give them up? Maybe, maybe it was just that you were so distracted by this, but maybe some of them aren't worth all of that attention and energy, right? And going into a relationship, so what did you learn about yourself? Like, what was it that it was so able to pull you in such a strong way that you got so off balance? So mm. I would look at all of it. It's like this puzzle you're trying to piece together because it's really going to inform you on who you are and who you want to be and where your growth is. Relationships really are the, the number one thing for growth and transformation. In terms of um, a mission statement, you know, that's really knowing what you believe, right? Mm. And what your 
what your um, bottom line is, what your morals are, what your beliefs are. And if you don't know them, then of course they will be challenged by anything that comes along because you don't really know who you are. So the importance of a mission statement is to really shine a bright light on the things that you think you know about yourself and, and you're going to discover the things that you don't know yet. I mean, that was the beauty when I had my son. I remember thinking, well, my second son, right, with Down syndrome, at that point, I thought that I was, because I was already studying spirituality for eight years, I was really immersed in it. And I thought I had total certainty in the, in the creator and the process of life. I believed that, you know, I thought I had a lot of things figured out. And then I realized, wait a second, if you're reacting the way you are right when he was born, I was anxious, I was worried, I was full of doubt, I didn't think I could handle it. I had shame, I thought somehow I was dirty for having a child grow in me that wasn't completely healthy. I mean, these were, and I'm like, who is this person? That's not me, right? That's certainly not who I wanna be. And that's not who I thought I was becoming. So it was a chance for me uh, and that's why the helplessness part, like to really look at what is happening in me just from this child being born with an extra chromosome, right? Mm. And from that place, I was able to choose my response, to choose my experience, to grow as a mother, a woman, a wife, a friend, an author, a mentor, and really love him for all he could become, not what I thought he was and sub mm. subsequently who I would become. So it's the same thing. You could apply that to any relationship, right? right? What is it that it's, it's awakening in you that you're becoming aware of? Don't just try to medicate it or try to fill the void with somebody else or another relationship or now going all the way and just being with your friends because you had ignored them perhaps before really use this, all that information you're getting about yourself and do something with it. So, um, that's really, and that, the mission statement, of course, can help in that process. In terms of fighting fair, that's a whole kind of different other topic, but, um, and I also call it spiritual sparring, which is mm -hmm. really knowing how you both fight and your different styles and agreeing on one that works for both of you. Most people don't go into relationships with these kinds of things discussed or planned out. And we really come with our history, our background of what we grew up seeing. My parents were both fighters, screamers, we're Middle Eastern. I brought that style into my marriage. My husband was quiet and would shut down, which would infuriate me more. And I would just yell more and it was completely ineffective. And we would both feel frustrated and unheard. So we sat down and we created a style that works for both of us. Um, and also just learning about how men and women um, process things differently and react to yelling or anger differently. It's a biological thing. Men usually do need a minute to calm down. That's why mm -hmm. they put the TV on when you're like in the middle of screaming at them. They're not <laughs> trying to ignore you. They're just trying to calm down. For women, we really need to speak and to talk about it. The more we talk about it, the calmer we feel. So knowing that, then you can space it out, right? And plan, give him his time, know that he'll hear you maybe in an hour, right? It's just about being really strategic about how you approach that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so interesting because sometimes even when you say like, you know, most people don't go into like relationships and stuff, it, it even when you talk about, you know, getting that self-interest over that what is actually self-care, it's like it. I feel like sometimes it almost turns people off because it's like it, it requires like genuine like work and like homework for yourself and for your relationships. And but it's it's so rewarding and almost so necessary and like if we did do it we would probably avoid a lot of the other stuff that we don't deal with and that comes up later and it's just it's just so funny because I'm even thinking I'm like okay so I guess I have to like write down like who I really am and like what I really want and then the other part of me it's the lazy part of me is like do I really have to like sit and write it down but it's like yes like of course and I love that you know you 
um, you talk too about like how you can tell that like you are growing and it is working. So like, let's say like, you know, you do start noticing things about yourself and like maybe even if it is intimidating, you pick a couple things or really focus on certain parts of your life. Like how can you really tell that you are growing for the better? Like, is there a genuine sign? Is it how you feel? Because, you know, obviously life is constantly changing and you know, the days are going, but how can you tell that you're really like on the right path and actually growing? called happiness (laughs) really you feel um you feel present in your life and you're not thinking about the past and you're not just thinking about the future living in the moment and you're really experiencing it it's the less highs and lows and being at the whims of the universe Mm -hmm. and oh so that happened and i was happy and that happened and i was sad and it's like less of a yo-yo um and then you're able to connect why things have happened you know instead of like ruminating about that bad thing happened or the thing you never wanted to happen you're really able to move through things quickly yeah and so it's it's a feeling it's not you know the typical like look at me compare this look at my notes look at my self traits because you know I I did also see somewhere too that you said that love is inherently in all of us it's not something that we have to go out and seek and I think that that's something that I've been learning a lot about recently and I guess that it's just it does kind of come down to how we feel in a way I guess I'm not like perfectly great at communicating it yet but I feel like it's something that's like really been coming to me a lot lately in the past like six months and something that I like my eyes keep getting opened up to more and more and it's it's it definitely is a feeling because I can't even communicate it but I understand what you're saying (laughs) Yeah, because it's never going to be external. It's never going to be comparing or what it looks like on the outside or even the feedback you get from other people or validation. None of that is the right way. It's an internal, it's a knowing, it's a calmness. Again, it's it's a happiness and it's it's a consistency that you haven't had before. And so you start to feel like you're working with the energy of the universe. And it's like, there's a flow and there's a rhythm and it's not so difficult to have clarity, you know, just, it's like almost like a, a veil has been lifted or the fog has cleared and, uh, and it gets clearer and clearer and, and you're able to connect more and more things together. And then everything you feel is just working for you. And even when things are difficult, or even if they're chaotic, you don't experience them that way anymore. Yeah. And like you said, it really is, it's work, but again, anything worthwhile is, it's just like, we assume falsely that this part of our life, right? Relationships, especially the one with ourselves and others should be, you know, effortless. We'll know we're the right person when it mirrors perfection or it mirrors what we see in film um, or every love song we've heard. Absolutely not. That's just the romantic euphoric period, which is usually the first six months of a relationship. The real love story begins after the wedding, after the honeymoon, after that's where, that's where the story actually happens. So I just think we need, and that's why my book, my other book's called Rethink Love, because you have to rethink what you think you know about love, because for, for the most part, it's probably all backwards. So when, uh, so Rethink Love and Fear is Not an Option is, was Fear is Not an Option your first book? Well, it's funny. I I started working on Rethink Love first and I did not consider myself an author then. 
Um, I didn't have my blogs. I mean, I just, I had something to say about this because I was meeting with a lot of couples and counseling them. And it was the same themes over and over again. And I was like, this doesn't have to be so hard, really. I mean, I'm just going to write it down. And I, it took me forever. And then I got impatient in the process of the endless edits. It's such a long book. Um, cause I wrote everything I had to say about love uh, that I wrote fears on an option. And that book took me eight months to write. So it was a much faster process. So that came out first and then rethink love. And for fear is not an option, you know, what is the option then? Just as Anything someone else. just <laughs> as someone who just is like, okay, so if I can't be fearful, does that mean I have to be positive all the time? Or no, that sounds like positive psychology, which I don't really believe in. Right. Um, but the thing is, if you ask yourself, if you're in a situation that you're scared and you say, fear is not an option, mm. right? Fear is not an option. So then your mind now is looking for other options that are viable. And now you're already looking for any other opportunity because fear is no longer an option. And that's really how it works. You could put that in any situation. And if you have to choose something else, knowing that you can no longer choose that, you will. And then you start moving and taking action in the direction you want. Oh, I, I love that. I'm so excited to dive into your world through your books because it's it feels I keep using this word kismet and I'm a little silly and I don't really know what a lot of things mean. So I'm like, I think that's the word, but it just it feels like it was the perfect timing for you to come on this podcast. Like God sent you here to remind me of all these things that have been coming up in my life recently. And I know that it is going to be so powerful for everyone listening because we've been diving into so much of this stuff already. And so I just appreciate it so much you coming on and sharing your wisdom. And I hope that everyone can, you know, go check out your books and follow you on Instagram and learn more. Cause I already was stalking your Instagram before this. And I was like, okay, which one are we reposting on the, my Instagram account for your episode? So Thank you so much for coming on and where can everyone follow you and kind of keep, you know, learning and growing along with your teachings. Thank you so much. Um, my blog is rethinklife.today. Um, you can follow me on social media, media, Monica Berg 74. And my husband and I have a podcast called spiritually hungry that Ooh. you can check it out. Oh, I will be listening to that after this because I hate listening to my own episodes. But like as you were talking, I was like, I wish that I was like, I feel like this is like the one episode where I genuinely might re-listen to it and write down notes because like I want to write down so many things you said, but I just will have to skip through the parts where I'm speaking. So oh, that's so like funny. that's a big compliment. I've never done it before. And I think that this week it's happening. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, there's a ton of workshops in both my books because I'm really all about uh, thought followed by immediate action. It's really the only way that you fast forward change. You, it can't be something you think about because we often, again, we replace thought for action. You know, it's been thinking about it. You might call a friend after this and say, yeah, you know, I just had this epiphany. And then you feel like you've actually taken a step towards mm. it because you've been talking about it, but nothing's really changed. So it's so important to really do one actionable thing as soon as you have an idea, a thought, an understanding. I love that. And you just lit a fire under my ass because that's so something I would do is feel the epiphany and like not technically take an action. So but do something now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I'm going to let you go because you keep calling me out on myself and you're <laughs> speaking way too truthfully. But thank you so much. Make sure everyone to go follow Monica and we loved having you and everyone will go follow you. Make sure to subscribe and we'll talk to you next week.
Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to go check out Monica on social media, her book and her podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth and check out at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. If you need more, just feel free to subscribe, you know, give us a five star review. And if you need even more, that was in English. But go check out YouTube.com slash Love Lauren Elizabeth. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday. Bye.